I think a hard part too is like, if you have always worked, like I've worked, I'm, I'm 30. So like I say, I've always to get married in five years. And my husband said to me, I would love for you to stay home with the kids. Part of me feels this kind of fear that I won't feel like I will have as much of a say when it comes to financial decisions because I stopped working. Yeah. And I assume, you know, you have a great relationship with your husband that you don't feel that way at all. You always feel like it's us as a team and we're making we decisions. No, definitely not. No. I, I totally hear what you're saying. Um, now it's getting better, but certainly for a long time, that was exactly how I felt. everybody welcome back to shooters gotta shoot i am your co-host erica spera and i'm molly demilier and we've got a great episode for you this week we are talking to one half of the marriage and martinis podcast danielle yeah do you think she's marriage or martinis <laughs> <laughs> she's a little bit of both i know yeah. she's both she's she was a good time she was she was a lot of fun nice time talking to her mm-hmm. um but we also have a public winner today from our review challenge your yes. girls have hit over 500 reviews thank you everyone for leaving us a review and our winner is Gilbert Taylor. Uh, and the review is called Shooting a Review. It says, really fun and interesting podcast, great guests, and super fun hosts. Well, Gilbert, I think you nailed it. Yeah, you, you nailed it, buddy. <laughs> so <laughs> contact us to claim your prize. And uh, guys, if you haven't left us a review, please do so. Because if Gilbert doesn't claim it, we're going to be doing this raffle again. So yeah, for a free womanizer vibrator. And guys, w- we've tested them. They're pretty great. Yeah. So you're gonna w- you're gonna want one of those, Gilbert. We we're, got to sponsor people. Yeah, guys, we're sponsored. Uh, SunsetLakeCBD.com. Use SGS twenty for twenty percent off anything on there. And they've got a bunch of products. Oh, yeah. They got everything. They got gummies. They got chocolate. They have coffee. Yes. They have lotion. They have CBD uh, little roll-ups. Ooh, they do. Mm -hmm. Oh, like the things you smoke? Yeah. I thought you meant like a fruit roll-up. I was like, they have not sent us those. No, but we should suggest that to them. We We should. should. Those Those would be delicious. Yeah. that's uh, And they can call it the Shooter's Gotta Shoot roll. Yeah. We could work on the name, but it should be named after us. For sure. Yeah. But a funny story about Sunset Lake CBD uh last week i talked about how i took the cbd uh when i knew casual friday was coming over and uh-huh. snores and i was gonna be able to go to sleep just great and it worked like a charm a couple days later i'm talking to my mom on the phone and she says to me that she would like to try some sunset lake cbd because she's been listening to our ads and i was like what a great little marketer i am <laughs> <laughs> nailing it get me a sales job and then I was going for a walk a couple hours later and it hit me that she knew I was taking it before having sex with a man and trying to be able to sleep after we did the deed. (laughs) And it felt a little weird. Well, also in that episode, we both mentioned how our dads are these super cuddlers. Yep. And our moms don't want that. That's true. So I think it's even that on top. You are you are an apple not far from the tree, Molly. Yeah. You were like, I need to sleep, and if someone's touching me, it's hard for me to go to sleep. And snoring in my ear. Also that. Yeah, my dad's a big big snorer too. So I think that that got her. Mm -hmm. So anyone else with a cuddly man who likes to snore, (laughs) sauced on over to sunsetlakecbd.com and use SGS20 for 20% off. And also while you're at it, you might as well sign up for the Patreon to get 30% off. Yeah, if you join the Patreon, you get extra percent off. You get extra goodies. Uh, we're always giving away stuff there. And you get all the behind the scenes of the podcast, which has been quite spicy with Molly's Hot Girl Summer going on. Guys, we got Gordon Bombay to cave and buy, <laughs> buy the Patreon. Okay, yeah. so, you know. You got to find out about these nicknames. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's just a house of cards at this point. Everyone join join the team yeah yeah gordon bombay himself has joined so you should join okay (laughs) and uh, you can sign up at patreon.com slash shooters gotta shoot it's just five bucks a month it's like if you bought us a coffee every month we would really appreciate it Mm -hmm. anyways we got to get to our guests yeah without further ado let's do it her podcast the marriage and martinis podcast 
or have seen her date night experience book, it's Danielle Silverstein. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We're so excited to have you on. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So you have a great podcast, Marriage and Martinis Podcast. And to give a little background to our listeners, I'd like to ask you, how long have you been married and how did you meet your partner? So Adam and I, Adam is my co-host on the podcast and my husband, um, which can be tricky. Been married 19, we just had our 19th anniversary. Um, Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And, um, but we first met when we were in high school. It's kind of a long story, but um, got back together. And um, we started the podcast in 2018. Wow. High school sweethearts. I love that. Sort of. <laughs> high school <laughs> sweethearts rebranded. Yeah, a little more complicated than that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, having a, a podcast together, that's like, in a lot of ways, like having a business together, has that ever caused friction in your relationship? The podcast was started kind of out of friction. So it was started sort of at the lowest point of our marriage and sort of uh, my husband was going through a a lot. Um, His dad uh, had just died. He had been really sick for a long time. Um, And my husband was getting ready to take over this huge family business that um, had, so there was sort of a lot of pressure and a lot of stress on him and we just weren't doing well together. We weren't communicating well um, and things got out of hand and and he sort of spiraled out of control. And so when, we, when I had the idea to, to start the podcast, it sort of was based in the idea that um, he always really loved podcasts. So um, when I had the idea, I was sort of like, you know, maybe this will sort of keep him occupied and redirect his energy if we do something like this. And we definitely had a story to tell. So, uh, no, actually, it was sort of the opposite. Once we started the podcast, the first year of it was really, really rocky um, because once we started it, I sort of thought we had hit rock bottom. Turned out we hadn't. We were still kind of getting ready to hit rock bottom. And then sort of slowly over the last two years, um, it has really done the opposite. It has made our relationship so much stronger. It's been, you know, it's been a journey, but no, working together, um, it's had its ups and downs, but for the most part, it's been really awesome. Yeah, that's great. I mean, do you feel like having a podcast just brings out conversations to the forefront that you otherwise might not have together? Oh, definitely. I, I say that before we both say that before we had this podcast, I we never really talked about anything important. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you never it was always like, How was your day? Good. How was your mm. day? You know, good. What who's driving the kids to, you know, soccer this weekend? I will, you know, just like back and forth. I think because there were so many layers to our relationship that we were we were afraid that like if we went there it would not be a good situation I mean, now we've talked for hundreds of hours um and every week i feel like i learned something new about him and about us and so yeah i mean those conversations have been amazing and sometimes awful you know we definitely have times where we throw the headphones off and have to like take a breather <laughs> um yeah but it's it's for the most part it has been really like a magical experience it sounds like it's almost like you have to have somewhat of like a therapy session together yeah it's yeah it's so funny because we also go to therapy together (laughs) sometimes when we're getting ready for therapy because i i write all our episodes meaning like i send adam the questions and you know he answers the questions so i sort of guide it um before we do it and um so sometimes for for therapy he'll he'll be like so what are we talking about today (laughs) this isn't a podcast episode this is the therapy i didn't plan this (laughs) you gotta do the work here man (laughs) yeah exactly exactly. (laughs) so you touched on this a little bit of you know that you kind of got into this rhythm with your husband before you started the podcast of just you know who's doing this with the kids who's you know what's for dinner tonight all those things I, I mean do you ever have times that you just set aside of okay like this is just us time and you know we're not talking about work we're not talking about kids like this is just for us and our relationship 
Yeah, we try to do that. <laughs> it's not not as much <laughs> as we would like. Uh, you know, I'm hoping post pandemic a little bit when we can get out a little more and everything, it'll be easier. But um, we did actually go away uh, in July with the intention of working. It was going to be like a work trip. And when we got there, actually, Adam sort of looked at me and was like, you know, I really need this time to just be like, I don't, I, I need a brain break. I need a, you know, a break. So we actually wound up scrapping the work stuff and canceling appointments and saying, uh, you know, this, we really just need to, um, hang out and just sort of relax. And, and that's what we did. And it actually wound up being amazing. And he was right, you know, as much as, we would, I would have liked to have gotten stuff done. It was, he was right. We needed that time. And, um, you know, and we've, we've always been really good about taking time away from the kids, like just for us, we've always been good about vacations. Obviously the, again, the pandemic has put a, you know, a damper on that, but we have since, since we had kids, my daughter just turned 16 since we had kids, we've always known that for our relationship, like we need that time. Mm -hmm. So we've made, you know, we've always made time for each other. It was just sort of that we weren't using that time alone in the ways probably that would have been the most beneficial for our relationship. So, you know, we were going out, we were having fun, but we weren't really making any progress in our relationship. We were sort of staying stagnant because we would go out go to dinner, do the same things, talk about the same things and nothing would change. Mm -hmm. So, um, to the last few years, obviously it's, it's been way different. Oh, definitely. And it's also, it's hard, you know, whether you have a husband, kids, whatever, I feel this of, I feel guilty having a day that I don't do any work where I'm totally. like, let me just take this day off. My brain is fried. There's always several points in that day where I'm like, well, maybe you should just like send a couple emails. Maybe you should just do this. Maybe just do a load of laundry. Like it's like to have a day where you're like, oh, just a day of fun is so hard. And I and I think that's why vacation is important because it's like it gets you out of your house. It's like you can't you can't do any laundry. You're gone. Like exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And especially now with your phone, you know, you can do work at any time, anywhere. Like yeah. And for me, it's you know, a lot of times it doesn't look like I'm working. But I am. And so that's another thing. Sometimes my, my, you know, my family will be like, get off your phone. And I'll be like, okay, I'm literally like trying to, you know, help support this family. So I'm going to be on my phone right now. <laughs> it can be so uncomfortable to not work too when mm -hmm. you're someone who's just always on the grind. I remember when we first started this podcast, I took a break for the first time. I was home for Thanksgiving. And on Thanksgiving day, I was emailing reporters just because I was like, oh, I have a day off. I can get extra things done. And a reporter got back to me. and was like, it is a national holiday. Like, oh stop God. emailing me. She yeah. was livid. I was like, well, we're not going to be uh, featured there. So it's <laughs> like, sorry, Erica. <laughs> become like obsessed. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's like, like, well, I guess I'll go eat. So <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we have often talked about with married couples on the podcast, balancing, uh, when both of you are working and before you guys had the podcast, you were a stay at home mom. Uh, mm -hmm. and we're just curious, how did you and your partner, I guess, go about navigating that decision? Like what was the conversation like? Yeah, that was part of, so what, when Adam and I got married, we were really young, we were 24. And, um, I had sort of, when you're that young, you have, you don't see many other relationships. I feel like you don't, there's not a lot of, you know, like front row view into other relationships. Mm -hmm. So I saw my parents, my mom was a stay at home mom and my dad worked, you know, he was worked all the time. And, um, that was sort of all I knew. And um, Adam's parents both worked. They, you know, they had a business together. Um, so that was what he knew. And when um, when I was sort of, when I graduated college, I, I didn't have any passion for anything. There wasn't anything that I was like, I really want to do that. So I was like, all right, well, I guess, I don't know, I'll just be a stay-at-home mom. Not that there's anything, I mean, I loved it. I'm so glad I did it. And I think for so many reasons, it was such a wonderful choice. But I never really sat down with Adam and was like, 
this is this is what I'm gonna do. I I just kind of told him like this is what I'm gonna do. I you know there was no conversation and nothing you know no chance for him to be like you know I kind of don't want all that financial pressure on me. Um, I maybe you could think about part time or we just never had that discussion. I sort of made the decision, which in hindsight obviously I realized was um, kind of messed up, and you know that we we should have had that conversation sort of but I think I also was just like I have no idea what I want to do and I I liked having a stay-at-home mom I loved that my mom was there and I felt you know blessed that she was able to do it so I I, I I'm so glad I did it I think that it, it wound up being really awesome um but I also see where there was some resentment on his part because it was really just a one-sided decision and there was never any discussion of it. I do love that you you did what felt right to you. I think that a lot of women especially don't do that and especially when it comes to staying at home. And, you know, I have some friends right now who are trying to, you know, start families. And one of them was talking to me the other day of making a career move to a a company that would be closer to her new house that's in a better school district because they're going to start trying to have kids soon. And she's like, is it bad? Like, it's not the career that I went to school for. Am I doing the wrong thing? I was like, no, like you want to be a mother. You want to be a mother in these ways. And that's important right now. And it's okay to change later down the line. Yeah. I also think that some of us feel like we spent all this money on our education and on getting this degree that if we don't use it for what it was intended for, you know, medical school or law school or that we've we've somehow failed everybody and we've wasted all this money. But at the same time, you still had the experience of going through it and, it, you know, it might take you to another point. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's never really wasted. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, again, I'm so glad I, I did it because I really do think it was the right thing to do. And it all led us to here. I mean, had I not been a stay at home mom, um, I don't think our journey would have taken us here. Mm-hmm. Um to, to the place we are and there's nowhere I'd rather be. So I am glad, but I, I do think that um, conversations need to happen that didn't. Mm-hmm. And I, it's one thing I, you know, a lot of times when we have younger listeners and they ask us for advice, I'm always like, have those conversations now, you know, don't wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, I'm, I, I don't know the history of like when your husband took over, you know, his father's business, but my parents have the marriage of running a business and it's like, it is, it is a two person job. Cause it's, you're never off the clock. It's never someone else's problem. It's always your problem. So even though it's quote, stay at home, mom, I'm sure you've done many, many things that it's like, if you weren't there doing those things, that business would have fell apart. So we, we right. no knock to anybody that's a stand on mom whatsoever. It's a lot oh, of work. No, my God, are you kidding? <laughs> Contrary, you know, one of our biggest problems is always the mental load and, mm-hmm. and weight, uh, you know, of, of, of everything emotional landing on me. And I still am very much of the belief that had I worked, I don't think that, you know, I personally don't think that the division of labor in the household would have been more equitable. I think mm-hmm. it just would have been more me working and me doing more at home. So as much as uh, I think there were conversations that needed to happen, I'm also a believer that so much has changed in our relationship in the last few years and evolved. And we've both matured so much just literally in the last you know 24, you know, to 36 months um, that at that time, it would have just been, you know, just probably the brunt of both things would have been on me. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens a lot. Yeah, I mean, it you does. Know, <laughs> you're a stay-at-home mom, a working mom, uh, you know, the pandemic has shown us that, right? That women are bearing the brunt of the emotional and household labor. Yeah. And, if, and um, a friend of ours, matchmaker Maria, actually often talks about she has male clients. And a lot of them say to her, I want a wife that will stay home with the kids, but I don't know how to say that to a woman who does have a career because mm-hmm. they don't want to force them to do that. And right. it feels sexist to say it, which is why it's like, hey, whatever feels right to you is what feels right to you. Right. And, and I, I think women, too, also kind of get this expectation of if they ever have a day off, like it's their job to do this stuff at home and they don't really get a day off. Like I think about my mom. She was a school teacher when we were growing up. So 
everybody looked at of like, oh, how great, you know, summer vacations, you don't have to pay for childcare, like you have every day off the same and, you know, snow days, none of that. And I was like, she was like, yeah, but I never sleep in. Like, I'm still <laughs> like, those are days off Definitely. for the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- th- listen, when the kids get up at 6 a.m., they're not going to dad's side of the bed. They're going to my <laughs> side of the bed. You <laughs> yeah. know, like they're not, that's just kind of the way on you know I wish it wasn't but that's sort of the way it is at least right now yeah absolutely and I mean I think you know we talked about the importance of taking breaks and taking time for yourself and do you think or have you ever experienced feeling a bit more guilt as a stay-at-home mom for trying to take time for yourself yeah I I think that there's there's guilt with everything right Uh, you feel guilt that you're not working and so you're not bringing in quote-unquote money but you are working obviously Mm -hmm. but you feel you know you feel guilt that you're not financially um contributing to the family you feel guilt what that you you feel like you if you want extra help or you want someone to come and you know watch your kids while you have a few hours wait a minute but uh, how can i hire someone to watch my kids when i'm not working and Mm. There's so many, and obviously it's all, we all deserve a break and we need that. And it makes us better parents in my opinion. And, um, and the guilt is we we just, there's so much mom guilt and mom shame. So definitely I felt that. And I still feel that, you know, when my kids are like, you're on your phone so much, or you're, you're working all the time or, you know, it's the same guilt. It's, oh my gosh, I should be spending more time with them, but wait a minute. They are getting to go to camp because we can pay for it and they're getting to do these activities. So everything is, you know, we, we give ourselves so much pressure no matter what. And I just have one small quick question because you mentioned feeling this like financial guilt as well. I think a hard part too is like if you have always worked, like I've worked, I'm, I'm 30. So like I say, I've always to get married in five years. And my husband said to me, I would love for you to stay home with the kids. Part of me feels this kind of fear that I won't feel like I will have as much of a say when it comes to financial decisions because I stopped working. Yeah. And I assume, you know, you have a great relationship with your husband that you don't feel that way at all. You always feel like it's us as a team and we're making we decisions. No, definitely not. I I totally hear what you're saying. Um, Now it's getting better, but certainly for a long time, that was exactly how I felt. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that I, like what, what I, I was telling you that he um, sort of spiraled when his dad was sick and everything. And he would take these weekends away by himself. And I would say to myself, oh, well, he works so hard and, and you know, he that he he deserves some time and his dad is sick and he's dealing with so much. And and but he never said like he never sat down and was like, you know, I don't know. Do you mind if I do this? It's a financial strain or it's time away or um, and, and a lot a lot of that was me being like, well, I don't work. So I don't, I shouldn't get that time or, you know, I don't get, get to spend that kind of money or so. No, I think there was definitely, that was one of our huge issues was the, the financial discrepancies and the fact that the decision-making and a lot of that was my fault too, because I never showed much interest in it. Um, you know, I've not, I've never been like a, a, a finance person. And, um, so a lot of that definitely was on me, not, not totally on him at all, but, um, but it got, we got into a routine and a pattern, um, you know, that he sort of made most of the financial decisions, good or bad. And there were definitely some, some bad ones, but a lot of that was also, you know, again, that we, we weren't communicating at all. Yeah. Or you're in that role of, you just want to keep the peace and yeah. you know, everybody wants their partner to be happy. So if he says, Hey, I need this weekend, your immediate response is, okay, take what you need, even though, you know, you feel like I'm struggling too. I also could use a weekend, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's my biggest fear. And I think especially as women, you know, you being married at 24, it's so interesting to hear you say that because as women are getting married later and they have longer financial independence and they have all this, you know, time that they're just making all these decisions for themselves. I think that becomes harder of like, oh, now I'm about to combine finances with someone Mm -hmm. and be told what to do. How do you think people can have these conversations with their partners? It's hard for, for, well, for me, we had the podcast. So Mm -hmm. people, I'm always saying to people, you know, what happened? So we put out this ebook, um, which is a date night questions experience ebook. And the reason why we did that was because week after week with the podcast, we would get, people would say to us, 
do you have the questions that you asked each other? I really want to ask these to my partner, you know, whether it was financial or about the mental load or, you know, sex stuff or whatever. They just wanted, they wanted the questions. And so we decided we were like, you know, we, people don't need to have a podcast to have these conversations. <laughs> yeah. You right. Know? And, and we've learned over the, the past three years, sort of, there is a way to ask questions that, that doesn't seem, you know, it's gentler. It, um, it's, it's not as accusatory. It's from a place of really wanting to remind each other that you're on the same team because sometimes we're fighting against each other. But at the end of the day, we need to remember like, wait a minute, we are totally both on the same team, you know, ultimately wanting the same goals, whether it be, we want to get there in different ways. But, um, you know, so, so, when we put together that ebook, it was sort of like the same thing. We sort of said, we wish that we had been having these conversations all along. Um, you know, that, that we wish we hadn't have waited until we had a podcast and thank goodness we did finally start having them because I don't think we would have survived if we didn't. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, you know, I, I think the ebook is really good because it gives you, uh, you know, you just open up to the page and there's no like, I need to talk to you about something. It's, <laughs> oh, let's let's do this topic tonight or, you know, depending on what mood, because sometimes the whole like we need to talk. We all know how that goes. <laughs> so, so this, you know, introduces it a, a little more gently. And, um, you know, and it's it's definitely the feedback we've gotten has been that people are having great conversations that you never would think to have. And when you've been married for, you know, or been together, you know, even five years, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, you think, you know, the person you think, you know, everything there is to know because you spend day in and day out with them. Mm -hmm. But we're like ever changing, ever evolving people. And so I'm so not the same person I was even five years ago. Mm -hmm. So if I had answered these questions, you know, five or 10 years ago and answered now, I think the answers would be completely different. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, we did pick through your ebook a little bit. And at <gasps> first when I saw date night questions, I was like, Ooh, these are gonna be fun, sexy, you know, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, these are kind of like an HR review. And I like it. I think it's really a great concept. <laughs> But it's like you, an exit interview. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm into this. Um, but do you think that people have to be together for a certain amount of time or do you kind of have a recommendation for how long couples have been seeing each other at the point in their relationship that they're at for them to to do this activity together? Well, I, I know a lot of people get it as, um, you know, a shower gift or bridal shower gift because it is fun to do like on a honeymoon or, you know, they are important conversations and there are, there's 12 topics. So you, even if every single one may not apply to where you are in your relationship at that moment, there are definitely a bunch for everybody. The sooner you start the conversation flowing and that, and, and introducing that as a regular uh, activity between you and your partner, there's so much, so much better it'll be because it will just be natural to that when you sit down, you're talking about real things and you won't have to wait for the, we need to talk conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst sentence. It sort of happens. And, you know, there are now sometimes like if I've been planning a podcast episode and there's something I really want to talk to Adam about, I'll be like, oh, maybe I'll make that this week's topic. Kind of like sneak it in. Yeah. Um, now having these conversations doesn't feel weird at all. It feels really natural and not to say we don't ever fight because we do, but, um, it looks so different than it did mm. before. Oh yeah. How you, how you fight in a relationship is also a very like telling sign. Mm -hmm. It can't be very healthy. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it, it's when we did our first episodes and we, we revealed things on our podcast that were really, really, you know, personal and, um, hurtful and things that we were going through at the time. Um, yeah, I mean, the energy between us and everything, I don't even listen to those episodes because I just don't want to hear it. Oh, but wow. um, it was a just, I know for people who have been listening from the beginning, they're like, you're just such a different couple than you were. I mm -hmm. mean, there was, you know, so much hostility and resentment and miscommunication. And we really, you know, have worked through that. So, um, it's been 
really like an evolution. And so I always tell people, you know, that with your relationship, you know, there's ebbs and flows. And, um, yeah, I do believe in seasons of a relationship. Um, so also being a mom and having children, I know you have one daughter and two boys, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a question. Your homework. Wow. <laughs> we do our research yeah. here. We come prepared. <laughs> we know you're busy. You got three kids to look after. <laughs> you don't want to waste your time. No. <laughs> Never. Uh, so one thing we were curious of is what would be the number one piece of advice you'd want to pass on to your daughter specifically about dating and relationships? That's a really yeah to 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 my daughter specifically yeah because then the yeah. next question is well, my daughter, what would you say to your um, sons and is it different <laughs> right okay so so my daughter um, actually is she's sixteen and she's LGBTQ um, so she you know this is something we're sort of navigating together to figure out um, similar issues of um, you know unconditional acceptance and all of this stuff and um, and what we're learning through all this process is sort of, I guess, the same thing that I want to say to my kids about their partner is, you know, a lot of times, like, I think that we go into a relationship thinking um, that the person is going to be a certain way. And um, what I've learned is that, you know, part of what I fell in love with Adam about is the same things that have caused us issues, right? I always loved that he was sort of this adventurous bad boy (laughs) and he, you know, he always made life fun. And, but those same characteristics that I fell in love with have negative stuff also. And if I'm going to want the positive about it, then there's part of me that's going to have to sort of figure out how to, um, you know, to a certain extent, accept the negative that comes with that. And, you know, and that you can't just ask a person to, you know, we're, we're all like multi-layered and acceptance and unconditional, you know, acceptance is, is really, really hard. Like, I think it's completely different from love, like for Mm -hmm. sure. You know, I think unconditional love is one thing, unconditional acceptance. I, personally think is really hard and that's my ultimate goal as a parent and as a wife and everything obviously you know leaving out uh, abuse verbal abuse and emotional abuse and everything like that like that there's obviously boundaries but you know now the stuff that I really love about Adam um you know the negative aspects or whatever we've just learned to handle it differently the stuff that he loved about me that, you know, I'm really fun and easygoing, but it also sort of means that like, I'm a disaster in life. And I, you know, like never am organized and we miss appointments and we miss all (laughs) kinds of things. So, you know, and it drives him crazy. But um, I guess I would just say, you know, uh, that it's really, you know, you want someone to accept you unconditionally and you kind of need to figure out how to do the same for somebody else. I love that. And I think, you know, when you have expectations of who someone is in a relationship, you're just going to get disappointed. Cause I mean, how many times after like a first date do you walk away and you're like, okay, I know this person, it's going to be great. This is how it is. And then a few more dates down the line, or even a few months down the line, you get to the point where you're just like, oh, this is not at all what I thought. And like, you kind of create this story in your head and it just doesn't turn out the way you thought and you're just going to be really really disappointed right and oftentimes we say to people you've changed Mm -hmm. well that's Mm -hmm. what's supposed to happen you know (laughs) hopefully you're changing I mean you know when you when you get married or when you get together um you're especially like I said I was 24 but no matter when you're just on a certain part of your journey and you're gonna hopefully keep things interesting by growing and evolving and and you know so yeah so you have to sort of figure out how to make those changes work for your relationship and that can be tricky yeah yeah like my parents are still together they've been together I think almost almost 35 years I think oh, next summer's awesome. 35, but it's like, I could tell you all the things about my mom that annoy my dad and right. all the things about my dad that annoy my mom. And they mm-hmm. both know those things too. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, totally. there's just those moments they just go, well, you know how your father is. And that's it. <laughs> Sometimes they do the little totally. things on purpose. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so right, is this happiness? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so would your advice for dating change for your sons then? 
No, I don't think so. Um, I think it's, you know, listen, when, when you get married, forever is a really long time, like not to make any big mistakes. Mm-hmm. So when you go into relationship, obviously, again, there are boundaries and, you know, everybody has a limit that it shouldn't be crossed or pushed. But for the most part, also, you know, you're going in to take care of each other and to grow, you know, in this life together. And so I think it's one love is one thing again, and and acceptance is, you know, it can be tricky and tough. Um, and so I just hope that they will try to, you know, find someone who will accept them because, you know, one thing about Adam that has been so amazing is that, um, you know, I suffer from OCD and anxiety and um, I had severe postpartum depression. I mean, I've been through it and he has been through it with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as much as he has, there have been really hard times. He's also accepted me unconditionally for who I am. Um, and so, you know, during those times, I sort of was like, I, I need to figure out a way to do the same for him, even if it looked different and mental illness is obviously, you know, different than just kind of going on a bender and, and, you know, reacting to life in a certain way, but, but at the same time, it's all hard. And, um, so no, I, I really hope that they'll pick partners who, um, you know, will be accepting and know that it's not going to be all butterflies and rainbows because it's not. I love the equality of that answer. Yeah. You know, it's talking like a real LGBTQ plus household yeah, <laughs> right there. It is. It is. <laughs> Same rules for the boys and the girls. I love it. Yes. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Um. So you talked a little bit about having postpartum, but just on the whole, can you speak a little bit about the ways that having kids impacted your marriage and relationship with Adam and, and even the ways that like you weren't expecting? It's hard enough to navigate life on your own and then with a partner and then you're in, you know, quote unquote, in charge of the life of this other human and, you know, or humans and um, navigating that. And, you know, you put into the mix if you have different backgrounds with different beliefs and, you know, different uh, ways you were raised, which Adam and I, we have, it's funny, we come from, you know, we grew up the same religion and from a similar town and, um, you know, from a, from a similar um, demographic and everything, but we were raised so differently. So, you know, even though those things were sort of similar, our our parents could not have been more different in the way that they raised us. So dealing with that and, and figuring out how to balance it and what you want to take from your family and what you want to sort of be like, you know what, this isn't going to work for us. And it took us a while to realize that, that, you know, for a little while we were just kind of replicating whatever our parents did. Mm-hmm. And then after a certain point, we were sort of like, wait a second, this is not working for us. Um, you know, uh, certain things with uh, religion and with, um, you know, the way that we were we were raising our kids, um, you know, just in in other ways, we were just sort of like, we need to figure out which bits and pieces we're going to take from them and which we're going to kind of be like, you know what, we're sorry if you're going to be angry, but we are not going to do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's, it's again, tricky, but, um, but it's also been the best thing for us and our family. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's really tough to think about the way you were raised because every family is so, so different. And I think that's something I found, especially moving to the city, you know, I'm from like backwoods kind of town. It's like people around here do not know some of the things that come out of my mouth about the way that I grew up. And so do you even have things that you don't really tell your family about just the the dynamics of your family of, you know what, like this, this is just for us and the way that we raise our kids are, you know, in-laws, parents, they don't really need to know. Well, we both live very close to our parents, um, Adam to, you know, his mom and me to my parents, literally five minutes away. Adam also works with his mom. Um, So we are very (laughs) enmeshed. Uh, And also we have a podcast where we hold literally nothing back and 
put everything out there. So there's not much privacy or room to, you know, but, but there are certain things, you know, right now we are, uh, my son is getting bar mitzvah and my, you know, my middle son. And, um, it looks a lot different than how, um, you know, it looked for us when we were growing up because we've made certain decisions about, you know, how we want to handle it and what we want him to do and what we want to, to concentrate on. And, you know, that's been, that's, that's been a couple conversations with, you know, especially my dad who's religious and, um, but it's what's best for us. And ultimately, you know, he's, he has to respect that. It's not something that I'm keeping from them, but at the same time, there's sort of these boundaries of, listen, at at a certain point, if you don't accept it, then there's nothing I can do about that because, you know, you're no longer sort of the one making decisions about my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would you say would be the secret to a long lasting relationship? I'm a true believer that uh, once you have kids, you also need to like, you need to know that your partner, ultimately it's going to be once again, you and your partner down the, down the line, Um, you know, and you need to go into having kids realizing that, you know, you have them in your home under your wing temporarily. And that is your focus for a little while. But at the same time, ultimately it's, it's the two of you who are going to go through this whole journey together. Um, And, you know, you need to remember how to have fun together, how to laugh together um, and not to take it all too seriously. Um, You know, we've messed up many, many times and luckily we have been able to sort of laugh about it and be like, okay, everyone's still alive. You know, (laughs) nobody's hurt. Thank God. But we screwed up. And, you know, and we've sort of been able to be like, you know, we screwed up. And, you know, people ask us, we moved to a smaller home a few years ago and literally, you know, people asked us why, and we were like, cause we screwed up, (laughs) 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 but we started again and we, you know, we started fresh and we, you know, we realized that we're in it together. And, um, yeah, so I just think knowing that there's going to be times when you're going to screw up and that ultimately, um, you know, you need to get out of that together. And also that you, the only constant you know, throughout your lives, it's going to be the two of you. That's a great point. Yeah. Because how many couples do you see that it's like their entire lives are their kids? It's like, okay, but when they leave and like they're going to leave, like what happens? And it's terrifying to look at them. It's like, what do you talk about? Because I don't think you know how to talk about anything other than this other person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's even, even with the pandemic sort of like, I mean, every, I think there are so many couples you know, rightly so, who now that the the kids are able to go to school full time in some places, not everywhere, or go to camp or whatever. And, you know, they're, they're all of a sudden, like just the two of them again, it's sort of like, wait a minute, what are we talking about? And Adam and I have had that, even though we have a a podcast together, Mm -hmm. we had a date night, uh, during the pandemic, there was one night where my kids were tested and stuff. And so we were like, let's just send them you know, to our parents tonight, because we know they're tested. We know they're negative. We know everything's okay. And so we had one night and like for the first half hour, we kind of sat there like, uh, oh, what now? <laughs> <laughs> How do we do this? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> there's definitely like a transition into, uh, you know, a getting to know each other, like breaking the ice again, but it also could be really great. Like we're excited about and we're going to miss our kids, obviously, but the potential of being just the two of us again, because we were so young when we had kids and everything, we didn't really have a lot of time, just the two of us. So we're excited about that. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds like it's such an exciting time. Like I look at my parents now, I'm the youngest. So we've all been out of the house for a long time and they're traveling the world together and just constantly like going off, doing these fun things or sending me photos, just, you know, at a little brewery together. I'm like, you two are just like little best friends just bopping around. It's adorable. That is so awesome. I <laughs> love that. I love hearing that. That is so cool. Um, so we were also wondering what advice you would have for people who are looking um to just get the romance back alive in a long-term relationship. I think that you need to have an honest conversation again about really what you want, what your needs are, what your, what intimacy looks like to you. Um, you know, if you're, if you're not feeling like you're getting what you need, like romantically, uh, you know, intimately, like 
in all these ways, I think that people need to, again, sit down and it needs to be a real conversation. And that's really the hardest thing to do to sit down and talk about that as a conversation and look each other in the eye and have that talk. But at the same time, um, I know you guys, I think you guys have talked about Dr. Uh, sex with Emily, Emily Morse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, she always says communication is lubrication. And <laughs> it's so true um, that that talking about it and, uh, you know, even if you're shy and you're, it's not something that you, you're, you're comfortable talking about. There are ways to go about it. Yeah. I think uh, the Netflix show sex life that came out, kind of had a lot of couples and people talking of right, you know, right. the very beginning is her being like it's been this long since we've had sex and I feel yeah. like he doesn't even notice and it also right. was a flip of it was the woman saying that which many things in tv and shows totally. is, you know always men being like oh come on we never have sex I want to have sex and she was like the horny one being like hey yeah <laughs> I need more <laughs> of this you know right. <laughs> I know well there is that's you know there is this like total myth that you know women aren't as sexual as men are and it's all bs none mm-hmm. of it's true yeah i actually noticed uh when we were looking on your website you had a blog post that had the title good lovers are made not born yeah now on our <laughs> podcast uh specifically when we've talked with male guests actually we kind of came up with this theory that after you sleep with someone maybe about three times so three to five times let's say the sex that happens is kind of it is what it is like, it's not really going to stray higher than that. It's not really going to go lower than that. It's like, that's that's how they do it, mm-hmm. per se. Yeah. Uh, so do you believe you really can improve your, like, sexual combat- compatibility with another person? A hundred percent. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that I would say that for the first 10 years of our marriage, you know, sex was okay. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't great. And then... As we started, you know, again, communicating more and having the podcast and having this sort of journey together and being partners in more ways than just with our kids. I mean, I just think people need to find other ways to come together, even, you know, if it's not a podcast, I don't care if it's tennis or, (laughs) you know, like whatever it is you're doing, you go like to wine tastings or find something together that Mm. really bonds you. And um, I I think it really creates this openness and it takes this block away. And, um, you know, and the more you feel like you're quote unquote on the same team, um, it's that just is such a turn on, I think, you know, if you're, if you're really feeling like you're, you're bonded and, you know, you're sort of in it together, whatever that is. Um, I think that it really does make a difference for sure. But how do you approach a conversation about like making sex better without bruising an ego? Cause we all know that men, have some egos. I have ego right. too. I would For be a little sure. yeah, I would, personally I would, yeah, upset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. right. Well, I I mean, I would say first of all, what we have in the ebook, um, we have uh what we call a yes, no, maybe checklist. And there are like, I don't know how many things, 25 things on there, um, where you both go through and it could be anything from um, you know trying new thing, listening to audio erotica or, um, you know, would you, you know, tie each other up or whatever. And you each fill it out and you do a yes, a maybe, and a hard no, it would be, you know, for, if you really would never want to do it. And then afterwards you go through and you can sort of talk about it. And it's just like a fun way to get the conversation going. And I, what, what has happened so many times we get so many messages is people are like, I have wanted to try this for years and I was so embarrassed to bring it up to my husband and he checked yes for the same thing. And so (laughs) it broke the ice and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. so I think that stuff like that. And then you just, from there, you just sort of realize like, oh my God, there's so much we don't know about each other. And because we're taught that this is you know, a shameful thing to talk about, or it's embarrassing, or again, you're going to bruise somebody's ego, but if you, it depends how you go about it. I mean, you know, you never don't sit down and be like, you're terrible in bed. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> great provider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when you when you sit down and go at it from a different perspective, like a yes, no, maybe checklist, or you know, we have a libido section where you know we have like a challenge for people, um, a libido challenge and everything. It just is, it, it makes it fun. You know, it makes, it turns it into something other than just like a pressured situation. Yeah. We've talked about those kind of checklists on this podcast before. And one of the things that always struck me with it was that it also helps people break out of a routine because that's so easy. We talk about this all the time. Like once you've been with someone for a while, it's like, all right, first move, second move, totally. you know, and then you're Absolutely. done. <laughs> so Especially it's- during a pandemic when you have kids in the house. Oh, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> I'll take your word for that one. <laughs> teenagers. Yeah. Having two teenagers in the house. Yeah. Oof. They're up in all hours of the night. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, I was, I was single during the pandemic. I'm in my own routine. I'm yeah. in my own <laughs> solo routine. Yeah. Yep. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, to wrap up, uh, we always like to ask our guests kind of a fun question. What is the best piece of dating advice that you've ever received? I mean, I, I, I would say the best thing that I would tell people is what Esther Perel says. So even when you're, you know, when you're dating somebody and then it can get stale or, um, you know, even you're in your relationship and it can get stale that, you know, you can have 20 different marriages with the same person. You can have you know, 20 different relationships with the same person. You can keep reinventing again and again and again. So, you know, sometimes when things go the wrong way or get stale, it's all hope is not lost. I think that we need to figure out ways to get that spark going. And there are so many ways, especially today, now that we're more open about it. Um, There are definitely, you know, don't give up hope. Don't, don't, don't just throw in the towel so easily. If it seems like somebody who you really do want to spend your life with, maybe you, you know, you need to come at it at a different perspective or try something new or figure out a way, you know, to, to shake things up. But I really totally believe that I, I believe that Adam and I have had, you know, a dozen different relationships in one marriage, um, you know, and, and it's, some of them have been wonderful love stories and some of them have been like tragedies, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but you know, there's ways to make it work. Relationships take work. <laughs> oh my God. It's always work. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember somebody uh, saying to me, a, a younger girl, when I had first gotten married and I was married like a year and we had a really bad first year of marriage. And one of my friends at work had gotten engaged. And I remember her saying to me, I don't know. I just feel like marriage shouldn't be work. It should just be easy. You know, I just feel huh. like it's really easy. Oh, honey. And I didn't say anything because I didn't want to burst your bubble. But I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, please do not go into marriage thinking that it is going to be easy. <laughs> yeah. Do you know if she's still married? She is still married. Oh, interesting. Okay. She's still married, but I don't know anything about their marriage. I'm not yeah. sure. If it's, you know, I don't know the specifics. I wonder how close their in-laws live, you know? Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on, Danielle. This has been so much fun. Uh, oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And if you guys haven't checked out her Marriage and Martinis podcast, make sure you do that. And you can follow them at Marriage and Martinis on Instagram. And you can follow us at Shooters Gotta Shoot Pod. And I'm at Sparica with two A's. And I'm at the Guaca underscore Molly. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.